Hello and you are welcome to the RF podcast. It is the 29th of May. It's just gone 20 past nine here on the top floor of RF Towers. The dust has settled after the Kerry victory. The hype train has slowed down a bit. We have a home fixture this weekend with a novel pairing with Loud. Loud coming to McHale Park. Looking at the records earlier, last and only championship meeting was in 1950 in the All-Ireland Final. Was the last time Mayo played loud in championship football. So is that another Roman for uh, a Mayo for Sam Crusade? I doubt it. But anyway, we're here on the top floor of RF Towers Talk Mayo Loud. We've got John Stagg, we've got Enda Mack, and we have a former Loud player, coach for Loud, also coach Mead. Also has a book out at the moment. I shared it on the Twitter page. It's Cullum Nally, well-known coach. Cullum, how are you? I'm not a bad ref. Thanks very much for, um, for having me on. Well, we're delighted to have it because, uh, as I said there earlier on about uh, Mayo and Loud, it's it, it really is a novel pair, and we probably we haven't seen or heard or talked many uh, uh, many times about this. So we're kind of going to get a get get you on and get a bit of background about Loud and how they've got to here, and you know their celebrity manager, their big name. It seems to be all coming together for them. How's the how's the the, the mood around Loud at the moment? Well, um, like Cork beat them by two points the weekend in in a brilliant game, one nineteen to uh, one seventeen. But um, I say they're very, very disappointed because they were really targeting that. You know, you know yourself the way the um, the championship was set up this year. If you were to get that win, you're more than likely going to get at the very least a third place and an extra match in a quarter final preliminary room. So they were really targeting that as Cork were as well. There may have been a hangover from the from the Dublin defeat, but um, they definitely put a good performance up and. Like scoring um, like they did, you'd have to kind of pay a little bit of attention to them because on their day, they're, they're very good. They're set up very defensively, but they've got a good scoring threat and they've got good forwards. Um, people probably know one or two names, but they've got some really, really good um, players sort of interspread amongst that team. And they used the panel very, very well. They have a lot of strengths. And um, I, I, think, I think they'll want to make a good account for themselves. Like Mayo will be overwhelming favourites, but I do think this Lowe team has enough to kind of Earn respect, and you have to pay attention to them. Cullum, would Sam Mulroy make every team in Ireland? Ah, uh, he would. Um, he 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 would end. And now he's look. He proved himself against Dublin there, and um, the last time because he scored eight points in that match. And David Bourne had his fill of marking him. But the problem really is, it's it's not getting enough ball to him, you know. And the way they, they play the system, he has to do a lot of work. And um, at, at the at the end of matches, he can be kind of fading out because they've done so much work. But he's as good as that in the there at the moment. He'll spin off on his left. He'll spin off on his right. He can kick long range free kicks. He can. He's an eye for goal. He's an eye for pass. He has a brilliant chink, like he can turn as I said on a sixpence left or right. And you cannot touch him. You lay a finger on him, and he's down like a bullet. And there's a free being bought. Very very clever in how he plays. And you know a lot of players don't understand that if they haven't got the SWOT analysis done, you know they'll be saying sew it into him, get stuck into him. You don't do that. If you did have Sam, Sam hits the deck, and Sam buys a free very very cleverly. So yeah, I think you would. He get in most teams. Yeah, definitely. Colum, a lot of people probably you know raise a lot of eyebrows. I know maybe not in loud, but. Division two, to, to to get to Division two, they're in the race for Sam Maguire. Um, we wouldn't have really came across them that much. How did this all come about? I know it's called the Wee County, but actually, I think Loud is a bigger population than than Mayo, which uh, it, it's miscon it's a bit misconceiving. But yeah. how has a county that wouldn't be traditionally known as um, a top team got to this stage where they're where they're competing for the Sam Maguire. They're in the top 16. They're in a Leinster final. Where did this all come from? 
Well, um, Loud, Loud is one of, one of the most urbanised counties outside of Dublin. Like you've got, we always call it sort of, it's split in three. You've got Drada, you've got Mid Loud, and you've got Dundalk. So they all have a roughly population of 30,000 plus. A lot of GEA um, t- teams in, in each of them areas, but I think Loud is predominantly a soccer county. Yeah. And for, particularly where I come from, Andrada, lots and lots of soccer towns. Same, same in Dundalk. You have Dardy Night and you, and you have Dundalk. Um, Loud have a brilliant GA community and Loud always produce really, really good players. A lot of people would liken um, a Loud player to um, a down player. That style of football and that, that style of football are very, very um, um, technically good, very, very you know fast, nippy. And stylish footballer like Loud always had produced that type of footballers going down through the years. Now the problem probably with Loud was simple numbers thing. You just we just didn't produce enough of them. Just didn't have enough players coming through. So basically, a couple of years ago when Mickey Hart came in, um, he came in during the, the COVID league where um they were in Division Four, and basically what happened um they got out of Division Four. That was the league where you had three matches to play. And then you got into a playoff to, to get a promotion. So he had plenty of time to embed this system that they play. So they, they they had that COVID league and then the following year they had a great league getting out of Division 3 and they really had a great chance to embed their, their system. Now their system is probably very much like what he had in place with Tyrone in where they were very, very defensive, very, very tigers and tackling and they broke in droves and they broke at very, very uh, at serious pace. Now what I think has happened now, Ref, is like is they have moved up the standards now a little and they're still kind of playing that system, but they're playing against teams that are well, well used to it and well, well fit for where when they came out of four and three and even um, in the early rounds of two, teams weren't really accustomed or conditioned to play that type of football where you're seeing that now all the teams are really. And that's um, that's just another layer for of progression and they need to kind of learn onto that. So basically what he did was um, he, he, he earmarked... Um, defenders who could run and who are very, very tigerish. There is uh, a sort of an argument out there that the technical footballers aren't playing, but the athletes are playing. Um, he's made a few switches in terms of he brought James Califf back into goals. James is in his mid-30s and was a renowned midfielder, but he's a game changer for me. He's been playing for the last two years and, and he's as good as anything. Now, um, he had a tough day at the office in the Lancer final because Dublin, um, which Dublin always do, um, Dublin kind of altered their, their um, press. Like in when Loud played Dublin in the league, in Crow Park, you know where all the teams would line up in a straight, straight when uh, a line for the kickouts. Mm-hmm. Dublin came in and man marked them, but when they played them in the championship, Dublin stayed on the outskirts. So it, they threw it like a curve ball. And Dublin always do that and kind of caught cut them out a little bit. So they they done a job in their kickouts. But prior to that, his kickouts has been excellent. And um, he's coming off his line. He's caught high balls in in the midfield because he's at six foot six. So he's been massive for me. So they they went through a lot of goalkeepers in these couple of years to get the man they wanted and they've got him so he's been pivotal to their system as well in terms of look you get your mid-range kickouts away you're going to get your shot away and James gets most of his mid-range kickouts away so that's a big plus he's got great young legs in terms of the, he found a lovely fullback called Peter Lynch who's only out of 21s and he'll, he's a box-to-box player and basically when when Loud don't have the ball they all attack when loud uh, or, or when they have the ball, they all attack. Sorry, when they don't have the ball, they all defend, and they do that as a unit. And they're very, very clever, and they're very, very good at it. Do you think that we always, you know, we've often seen it back and back through the years with teams that go on a good run, Division Four, Division Three. You know, they've got up to Division Two, and I, I think they stayed there this year, didn't they? They did, yeah. They yeah. did, yeah. Like, do you see it as there's nearly there's a split between Division maybe one and two? And three and four, there there doesn't seem to be too many teams that can 
you know, maybe with Jerry as an example, but very few normally get, you know, you normally get to two and they drop down. I don't have Limerick this year. Do you mm. think there's that much of a gap between them? Is it, is it just numbers and it's just talent pool when you can get a system to get to two? But Yeah, look, I've I seen it with Mead when um, when we got to Division 1 um, just before COVID. Um, we had a good year in 2019, beating in the uh, Division 2 final by Donegal, and we got it up to um, Division 1 and made the Super 8s that year as well. But it was it was a fantastic learning curve for us, but the difference was was just it was it was immense in terms of fitness. But what 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 I found it was um, teams had start um, starting teams and finishing teams, so they go out with fifteen players and then they bring five subs on that were probably better, if not stronger than the fellas they started. And where you know I think a, like as loud and probably me we hadn't got that such you're not bringing your bench isn't as strong as your 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 team. So like that's that's the first thing like you think of that like the, the and the carries and that when they're bringing on subs even indeed in Dublin like they're nearly strengthening their team their, ne- their finishing team is nearly stronger than their starting team and I think that's where the teams that come up, up through that's a, a lesser pick that's where they struggle probably and um, like going back to Loud I know what Loud are doing they're trying to integrate a large panel and, and give people experience to sort of have this panel moving forward down the line in a couple of years that they'll have a, um, a strong 2025. So that was the big difference for me is that you have a um, huge um, talent, the talent there, you know, when you're making subs, you're not weakening the team at all, you're actually strengthening. So that's a big, big thing for me. Plus, you might laugh at it, right? But um, playing at that level year after year after year, you you do adapt, right? Your body gets used to it. You go through that glass ceiling, as they call it. You're running harder. You're running faster. You're taking harder knocks. You're making decisions quicker, and that only comes from playing the top teams on a regular basis. So, um, when when you're up around, even I would go as far as to say you you need to be in the top four of the two. So maybe from um, ten, the tenth or twelfth team ranked from Division One, if you get me down to yeah. fourteen, they're the ones that are, that's where you want to be for the development. And anything else after that, there's a massive gap. Do you see them kicking on? Yeah, I do, right? Because um, the the sort of demographic of the team will be quite young. And they, he probably need to sort of find a new goalkeeper. They've got really good forwards, simply just because I, I don't think James can, will continue much longer. Like, I mean, he, he, as I said, he's in the mid 30s. He might play for another year or two. But in the long term, you need to probably replace that because that's the most important position nearly on the pitch now. Like for me, he's been their loud's best player for the last two seasons. He didn't play the first three league matches this year, okay, because he got married, I think, and went to 20 minutes, and they didn't win them. And the minute he comes back in, they won everything since. So um, for me, he's he he's the um the, the pivotal um role for me. But I think overall the team is quite young. He, he has um he has the size where he wants. Like they were very unlucky there against Cork at the weekend because Connor Grimes and um, one of their um outstanding um forwards got a bug and couldn't start the match. So I mean that was a big big loss. Like he'd be like he'd be around uh, he'd be the Aidan O'Shea of the loud team if you get me. He's that size. He he he's that leadership qualities and he's like he's a glue player. He brings players together. And Connor couldn't tug out because he he had a vomiting bug I believe. So that was a massive massive loss. And sometimes things like that get lost in defeat. You know you don't want to make them excuses. But when you lose when you have your kind of your piano players rather than your piano lifters missing missing <laughs> sometimes um that really has a big effect on the teams. Colm, Ryan Burns, Kieran Barron, two huge losses. Um, I presume Ryan Burns won't be back the weekend. I don't know what's the story with him. Kieran Barron well, was obviously gone. He was on the bench the other day, um, and he's been training now. Um, Kieran Bourne done his um yeah. ACL. Kieran's gone for the year. Kieran's massive loss now because Kieran would be um, he, like he Kieran came back from uh, Australian rules and was um sort of. He was probably the catalyst, you know, on the playing field. He was the one that started turning, you know, um, the professional 
head, if you, if you get me, he was the one that was setting the standards on the pitch. Like, I mean, when, when you're a manager or a coach and you have a fellow there that has come back from that sort of environment, you tap into that and you try to get him to inspire all the players around you. So he was doing all that sort of stuff in terms of um, pre-match prep, how you look after your body, all that sort of stuff. So he was a big blow. But Kieran has been suffering um, a few injuries down through the end of the year since he came back. I don't know if it's um, residue from his time in Australia. But um, Ryan Bournes now would be would have been um, Loud's breakthrough player a few years ago. He came on against Leeds in the Lesser final, I think, when he was doing his leaving service, scored a great goal and um, won that match for them. So I think Ryan Ryan is back and Ryan's on the bench. They didn't use him, I don't think, on um can't remember him on the bench on um on Saturday. But Ryan, right, he was definitely um named on the panel and they didn't change him from the panel. So he mustn't be too far if he's named on it. But there's other fellas there, um, like you have Kieran Downey from my own club. Um, Kieran's a really good player. He scored seven points against Offaly in the Lens semi-final and he scored one against Cork. But really talented footballer, left foot, right foot, very athletic. And, um, you know, look, just by chatting around people, the scores that these guys are hitting on their stats are as good as any of the um, top teams that are, that are hitting in terms of um, high-speed running and, and stuff like that. So, you know, when, when you have that sort of stuff backing it up, you know, you can just feed into them and tell them, like, look, you're you're hitting the numbers. You're as fit, you're as strong as as your teams. It's just getting that belief now, and that's the toughest part. So, um, I do think myself, right, that they might have got caught up in the hype of getting to the Leinster final, because they definitely seem to go away from their um tried and trusted strategy that has done had served them so well in terms of it looked like they were going man for man against Dublin, and like when Dublin Dublin didn't score against Loud for the first ten minutes in that match, people forget that. So it was ten minutes before Dublin scored. And then in the 17th minute, they only took the lead by, by two points. And then they hit 1-8 without um, reply. And it was basically game over. And they've done that a few times. We've seen them do that a few times. But um, like when they went toe-to-toe for a good bit and were well able for it, you know. So I probably feel they, they probably thought that they could give them a game. But the problem about playing Dublin, right, is that Dublin played till the right till the last, as you've seen against Roscommon. You know, they're quite happy to win the match in the last 10 minutes. They don't really get um, flustered by what's happening in the first five minutes, you know, or 10 minutes. They're quite willing to see it out, you know. But um, they learned a lot from that because their setup against Cork was very, very good and very, very, very strong. And maybe they were slightly fatigued or maybe they just, you know, a few things went went against them and they probably just, you know, dropped their heads a little. But I'd say they'd be, they'd be relishing this goal against Mayo, you know, because it's a great experience. There's nothing like going down to uh, McHale Park, especially with the new pitch. And if it's a good day and it's a good crowd, you can't buy that experience. You have to go down there and face it on full up and take what you can from it in terms of learning. You can't buy yeah. a new pitch either. <laughs> <laughs> You're not living well, no? No, it's no. not going so good. Uh, call him the centre-back to Leicester. He seemed to play as a full-time sweeper. Would that be fair? No, it's Sharky, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sharky. But- See, the thing about it is, right, like you probably know this, right, but like when you drop all your men behind the ball, you have to zonal mark, or your, you have to mark zones there. You have to make sure box three and box six is full. And what I mean by that is, right, is see, the way Mayo will send their runners in there, they're, they'll send in decoy runners to create space and to get fellas to track you to open up space for the next runners. But if you have all your men behind the ball, what generally happens is the man in the, in the number three box and number six box, he doesn't move out of that. He sends, when, when, when someone comes in, to him and runs off into left or right zone. He lets him go, right? And that way you're never vacating that center. So the likes of Niall Sharkey and Peter Lynch would be well, well drilled in that and that they don't leave that area when they have their when they have their defenses set. Now it's different when you're facing a counter-attack, when you're turned over high up the field. Okay, you have to get your number six and your sweeper in place then. And it's usually the last man who, who's conducting the attack to do that. But one thing they would do very, very clever, cleverly, and I think they don't get enough credit for this, is if Mayo drop 15 behind the ball, right? Loud will send 15 to break it down. 
They won't send 10 or they won't send 11, right? Because they know that just doesn't work. They'll send their full crowd up and you'll see a match um, of 15 and 15. Even James Calliff will be um, sniffing up there. They'll have nearly all their players in Mayo's half if Mayo drop all their players behind the ball. And they've done that um, all year. And that's a brave tactic. And they're very, very comfortable. They get wide, they get depth. They get their wall passed. They get all that sort of stuff done. And and, and and they cause an awful lot of trouble because an awful lot of teams think then when they get everyone behind the ball, it's just going to smother you out because we have more numbers than you. But they don't. They fire everybody up. So it's a good strategy. Now, the downside of that is if they're turned over, you know, there's a massive... It's, it's, a race, it's a race to the other goal. Do you think Absolutely. if Dublin... Do you think if Dublin done that the last day, would they have, would they have turned Roscommon over if they had went after this passing around the back? You know, they seem to be very passive and let... Ross Common played the ball instead of just going for it. See, the, the, the thing about it for, for me, right, is um, the psychology of this is massive. Like, it's, it's, nobody could have predicted this, but all the teams that got the provincial finals kind of were, bar probably Galway, they stuttered a little in this match, in the first match out of this. Like, so it, it was probably a case of kind of, you know, focus switches. You, you have, um, it's, thing, it's a thing called discretional effort. Right, it's not that people don't want to put an effort in, but if you're expecting something to happen and it doesn't happen in the first few minutes, right? Sometimes it can kind of knock you off your um, pattern as such. So maybe Dublin went in there thinking, look, we we'll have enough for these guys, and then after 10, 15 minutes, they were saying, no, this isn't your ordinary <laughs> match. Yeah. We haven't been used to this. So um, they had to go back to the drawing board and 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 look credit credit to Ross Common. Ross Common didn't allow them um, sort of set the tempo or get on top of them. But Dublin have been playing very, very defensively um, most of the year as well. And I just felt it was strange that they didn't sit back and invite them on and sort of, like you, you've seen that six minute patch in the um, that's at the end of the first half, right? Like Dublin didn't go, normally what Dublin do is they send twos and threes there and, and they'll make contact. They'll create um, a bit of chaos and they win the ball back. But they seem to sit back there for some reason and invite Roscommon on. And Roscommon didn't go to them. And I think that really messed Dublin up as well, because Dublin were kind of saying, here we are sitting back here, come and break us down. And Ross Common were saying, here we are here, we're not going to break you down. So it was kind of a little standoff there, which was very, very clever, right? And you, you could see that, you would probably see more and more teams try to do that. But to do that, you have to have your lead. And in fairness, like Common had their lead there, you have to have your lead, you know. Do you see teams coming at, going after Common now after watching this? I'm sure there was, there was other coaches sitting at, TV, sitting at home watching it going, you know we have to we have to go at them because I think it did get in Dublin Dublin's head. It did. I, th- I think. Um, I think. I think. Davy. Davy works is a clever coach, right? And I think. Right. I think the new style of coach. It's not new style of coach, but I think the brave style of coaching is is you try to come up with a game plan, um, for the team you're playing. Now, if they try to do that, probably the next day it might not work. So they'll have to throw something different at them. Like I'd say that idea was concocted to play against Dublin, to see could they kind of um, unsettle Dublin a little. bit. And they did, but like that might not work the next day out because teams will be expecting that. Now it all hinges too. Like they got a good start, Ross Common, and they got the lead, so they could kind of do that. They could sit and rest on the ball and, and sort of have a game, play a game of chicken. Right? If they don't get that lead, then things are different, you know. Yeah. What do Mayo need to do, or what do Mayo need to make sure of the weekend? Just you know, I know their favorite, and I know that a lot of people mm. sit in the win. Louder, tricky operation to probably. It could be a potential banana skin. Mayo at home. We know Mayo's record at home isn't absolutely magnificent, and it hasn't been for a while. So, like, what what should Mayo be focusing on the weekend? Well, I hope I don't insult anybody by saying this, right? But um, oh, you do well. You you fit right in here in this podcast. <laughs> I think right. I'm a big fan of Mayo. Right? I'm a big fan. I I love the way they play the football. I love, but I think they should just get rid of the hype. 
Okay, I think I don't think we should be looking at jersey launches with Mayo. I don't think we should be talking about football. I think there's too much hype about Mayo, and I don't care who you are. Hype affects players. Hype gets in on you. Hype is like complacency. They're the two biggest cancers in successful football teams. And I've just always looked at a fair and admiration for Mayo, enjoying the way they play football. But I just think there's always too much hype about them. And I think that affects them all the time. So I think what I would do is the best way to pay respect to the likes of Loud is you prep for them as if it's an all-around final. You go through the goalkeeper to the 25th or 26th player and you find out as much information as you can about them in terms of what foot they use how and um, what size they are everything you can right and 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 that's the best way and if you do that right that's you tipping your hat and saying right we're ready for whatever these throw us and that's proper preparation now i'm sure they are doing that right don't get me wrong you cannot just turn around and say um like um we beat these this is blah 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 like they scored a fair score against cork uh, and as i said they kept dublin's quiet for 10 minutes so they've enough there in the, in the locker to, to worry you. Now, you don't know how they're going to bounce back after that defeat against Cork. I know Loud have always bounced back well under this management team in terms of um, when they regrouped and said, look, we're better than this. We should do this. We should do this better or that better. And they basically target that. And they always get a response. So there will be a kick in them. So what Mayo need to do is, is pay the utmost respect to Loud by prepping for them properly. And if they can kind of curtail them and kill the game early, then, you 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 know, the rest will come into place. But if they don't kill that game early, right, allow them enough players to damage it. Like Sam O'Reilly and, and Kieran Downey are capable of getting scores. Tom Jackson, right, he, he's a young chap from RD. And um, if you look back on Tom Jackson's stats, whether they start him or bring him on as a sub, he always gets a goal every second match. Right. And this is no coincidence that they bring him on. He's a very, very patient player. They bring him on when they see or they target a weakness in the opposition. And Tom is brought on or Liam Jackson, there's two brothers, Tom and Liam, but Liam is the chap that comes on and scores goals on a regular basis. Craig Lennon, the number 15, is a rocket. Now, he went off through the day with a hamstring. I'm not sure he's going to be playing or not, but he is a very, very dangerous. He scored that goal against Mead in the league this year that basically, um, you know, got loud back on the, um, you know, six secure in Division 2, and he ran from his own half way line and not one mid player could catch him you know so they have the players to hurt you if you're not prepared for you so what i would say is you know don't believe the hype and prep as if it's like a big big match you know sounds obvious but you know it's not yeah maybe oh, prep, sorry ref yeah just one 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 comment on that maybe prepping maybe not the prep for all Ireland finals maybe all Ireland semi-finals would be better for me or maybe <laughs> for me probably yeah. uh, the last couple of years uh, personally, I think the biggest change in the GA landscape has been the use of goalkeepers coming out the field. Is it here to stay? I see uh, a, an ex-guest that has been on with us, Kate Curran, is very critical of Eaton Rafferty in, in terms of his goalkeeping. Uh, mm. Do you think the uh, sweeper-keeper, the keeper coming out the field is here to stay or will it change back again like all these things evolve? I think I think it's wonderful for the game. I think um, I think I think it's look. It sets up um, overlaps. It's, if you have a fella like like you've Niall Morgan, excellent, right? Um, Eden Rafferty is, is really really good at what he does. Look, when you when you get to the level right that these teams are going to be playing at, um, both both sides are coached expertly, right? All all teams in in all Ireland quarterfinals will be coached perfectly. It'll hinge on mistakes. And that's what people are focusing on. Like against Derry, Eden Rafferty came for a ball, changed his mind and went back. And there he got the goal that ultimately probably um, led to the draw. 
Now, I wouldn't criticize him for that, right? Because that's that's the thing that's missing from your basic goalkeeping. Like a goalkeeper make that decision. I'll call him. He might come and not get there. But there's nothing worse than an indecision than going halfway and coming back. But what he brings to the team there, like he is a threat. He can kick long range points. He can zoom onto the ball and break tackles. And before you know it, he's true defence and he's offloading the ball. Right. Same with Niall Morgan. Same with Rory Began right now. I, I think I think it's tremendous. Now the problem is is we, we myself included at times we try to find a match for that. It, it doesn't suit everybody. I could turn around to you and say, and I'm going to try you on goals. And it's just it's just not a chance, right? As I said, the Loud has played um, three. Craig Lynch was in the goals for Loud, Declan Bourne, and a chap called Peter McStravage, right? They tried them all this year and uh, had to go back to James Calliff. So it's not that everybody can do it. But when you get somebody that, um, it's a risk reward, um, there is collateral damage, but if you can get someone that you're going to get far more benefit out of, you know, it's worth the risk. So I think it's here to stay. And you know what I think it's done? I think it's I think it's made goalkeeping you now very, very attractive. For me, right, you get your kickouts away, you get your shot away. You get a catch with a with your goalkeeper under and um, you have uh, you have turned over the opposition. There's so many pluses to it. Very, very seldom do they get caught. And um, there's two goals scored on in Navin um, and they were both goalkeepers' mistakes. James Calliff was out the field and he was tackled. Now there's a it was borderline foul. But um, it wasn't given, and he was kind of um, he was turned over. There was a bit of a scramble. He got back into goals, but that time they had overlaps and they scored. Michael Martin, um, I, I don't know what the hell he was doing. He was taking a short kick out to the edge of the D. There was two loud players and one core player, and he chose to kick the ball to the one um, core player mark for the two players, loud players, turn over and goal. And loud are very capable of doing that. So they, they, you know, it still hinges on mistakes. If you get me, so when teams are well matched and are coached well, it's a team that makes the less mistakes. Is is the team that wins, and that happened quite a bit on Saturday. And um, Loud kicked the ball away; they probably fouled a little, and that might be just what they're lacking a little bit in terms of the quality when that they face when they're playing. Like some Mayo, they they'd be punished for them mistakes where they weren't in Division Four and Three. Just I, reference, I to say, I seen tweet today: Or McNeilish and uh, Mark McHugh, McHugh uh, both played in glo- in goals for the respective clubs the weekend. There you go. I didn't realise that. Now, McNeilis would be a fantastic player breaking through. You know, like he'd be contesting kickouts and, and whatever, you know. But um, I'd say Martin was injured. That's why they put him in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the idea of it because, you know, even the opportunity of a ball coming in, coming in short, keeper gets it. And if he can make 30, 40 yeah. yards of a burst, you know, to start an attack, it, it, it gives you a massive chance. Away, well, like. you have that overlap, John. You have that overlap all over the field. Like overlaps are crucial, especially when you're counter-attacking, because you have to go hard and you have to have extra numbers. So if the keeper's fresh and he gets you up the pitch with an overlap, you know, then it's handing over to the players and off you go. Like you, you see, like Derry's keeper, they're all doing it, and, and when it's effective, it's very, very effective. I think it's the limit. I think that's the biggest problem is when you see goalkeepers with the ball in hand running past free men. You know, defenders yeah. that just stand up. That's when there comes a problem because you know it's great to get the overlap, and that's what it's for. Take on a take on a forward, he commits, then the, that man can go. And you you know Dublin were brilliant at it, where they could see the over, you'd see the overlap rear its head at, at the at the far post, thirty mm-hmm. phases later on. So that that that's probably it's probably getting the measure I think with goalies. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, just just going back to me all out on Sunday, uh, Colm, um, and I'm not looking to insult anyone here either, but. <laughs> Um, you know, you look at Loud, they've got you know, pasted by Dublin in the end by what, 21 points, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Mayor after having a good win against Kerry, um, Cork got beaten by Clare before that. They've now gone and beaten Loud. For me, 
next Sunday, I want to see Mio go out and dominate from minute one to 70 again, as if exactly what you say, that they need to look at Loud and and focus them exactly like they did with Kerry. Because yeah. I have this habit of playing teams that are coming that maybe not the Kerrys or the Dubs, whatever, and been just half-arsed, you know, excuse the expression. But I just, I, I don't want to see that next Sunday. I want to see a Mio performance from 1 to 70 again and not just limping over the line against Louth or whatever and the same against Cork in two weeks' time. I think they have to really um, work on things now. It's, it's, it's every two weeks and I just think to build momentum if they want to win that Ireland, they've got to put in teams like Louth away. And that's a fair point. And again, look, I, 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 I don't really want to see that um, happen too loud, right, from, from a loud point of view. But if I was in the Mayo camp, right, I don't care what anybody says, right? I don't care what anybody says. Everybody measures themselves in Dublin at the moment. Right? Albeit um, Kerry, or Mayo beat Kerry and Kerry had a reign in all the champions. But everyone's always looking over the shoulder of Dublin. And for them to feel that they are on a par with Dublin, they have to do to level what Dublin did. For their own confidence. That's what I feel. Now, I don't I don't want to see Lev get a, a, a drug like that. But basically, they will have to go out and say, well, look, it's in our home patch, right? This is what, that, what they've done to them. If we're to be serious, we need that level of consistency. We need to know that we're on a par with them. Okay. And for me, that's what it is, is the consistency. They had a brilliant league mayor this year, right? Um, I don't believe in any of the rubbish about they took the foot off the gas for us, Colin, because, you know, everybody treasures any medal that you win. It's very difficult to get to any provincial final. I know that they get shot in the neck, but you have a good um, provincial final there, or a, a, a championship in terms of three really competitive teams. Really, without the rest, like you, but you know, so it, it's difficult to win a kind of championship. So I don't think I think they were caught on the day, and that has to be annoying that you have to have that level of consistency, right? Because all the top teams are consistent, right? They have they've got their non-negotiables that they measure, and that'll be coming from their stats, right? Their GPSs, the workload, right? The GPS thing is very very interesting. Is because I know that the top teams, right, and have changed how they analyze the match. And how they analyze using their GPS is quite simply this. You have your GPS on the back, but all they are interested in is what are you doing in relation to work on the ball and off the ball? What are you doing to keep the ball moving for Mayo? What are you doing to stop the ball moving for Loud? Okay, that's the new measurement of um, GPS. It's not how far you run, how fast you run. What are you doing on the ball to keep it moving? Right. If, you, if you're off the ball, work to keep the ball moving. So are you supporting the move? Are you making decoy runs? Are you getting on the, on, on the ball carrier shoulder? What are you doing when you don't have the ball? Are you closing space? Are you putting in a tackle? Are you pushing on to the next man? And that's that's where, where all the premiership teams are measuring now. That's where all the World, Rugby World Cup teams are preparing for now. They're not preparing for high-speed running or um, 10Ks. They're not looking at that. Looking at what the hell you were doing to keep the ball moving for your team or stop the ball moving on the opposition. Now, that's a different metric. Right, and and there's your non-negotiables, and that's a, that's a very measurable one for the likes of Mayo playing the likes of Loud, because that will tell them right that these boys didn't work hard, right, because they either dis disrespected the um the opposition or they felt that they were going to win, you know, where that's the consistency that you need to measure, and that's what the top teams are measuring, and that's what you'll be getting lashed at in training, right, when you go in. Not that you didn't make ten sprints, it's that you didn't make the sprints when the ball was in this area of the field, when you could have got back to the goalpost, or you could have been a second goalkeeper, or you could have been that overlap to tap the ball in so you know that's what the real top teams are measuring now that's what the doves are measuring i say and that's what um you know we, we you you have to be looking at i feel yeah column who at this stage 
there's probably five or six teams towards the top of the betting for the All-Ireland. Uh, do you think Dublin have gone back or do you just think they've had a couple of bad days or do you think it's wide open? What's your thoughts? I, I'd still be honest with you. I'd still fancy Dublin. I think Dublin won for me and Mayo second. I think um, like I Dublin, I think Dublin for some reason um, prepared for Loud um, more so than any other team in Leinster. Um, the team they put on against Loud was the strongest Dublin team that was out for the last two or three years. Like they started Jack McCarthy, Niall Scully and Brian Howard. Right. They hadn't done that. Um, they hadn't showed that for the last couple of years. McCaffrey was amazing that day, right? And I, I, I'd i say you need him on the pitch, right? He is your game changer. He just bombs forward. He just sets the tempo, right? He just supports every attack. Um, he creates lots of attacks. He brings so much to it. I'd say they're just minding him there, right? Like, I mean, let's do the maths. They know, right, barring um, catastrophe, they're, they're not going to make the quarterfinals. Do you know what I mean? So so I, I just seen something that day, that suggested that there's they're a different animal. Now they'll go back and they'll they'll kind of um have a look at the the the, the video of the Roscommon match and ask the questions why. But like they weren't breaking lines like they were breaking against Loud. Now that that's probably down to Roscommon as much as as, as it was down to Loud. But McCarthy didn't play against Roscommon and Morton didn't play against um Roscommon. There's still a lot of players to come in and there's still a lot of um sort of Mick Fitzsimons was only back after studying, like getting the, being let off for a few matches to, to studying two exams. Like they definitely are approaching it a little bit different than most teams, you know. Um, I really like to look at that Mayo team at the minute, right? I think Colin Weep, Weep has, has made a massive difference to them in goals. Um, you think of the players they've lost in terms of Ushin Mullen and Lee Keegan, right? And it hasn't sort of stopped them at all. Um, I think I think there's Ryan O'Donoghue. I, I remember in the um, 2020 League, we, we, we played Mayo and um with me and we had kind of qualified for the playoff with, with Kildare and they had qualified for the playoff back to Division 1. For some reason, right, we probably made a mistake. We put a weakened team out and Ryan O'Donnell, who was kind of playing that day, and I'm looking at him there and I didn't see a whole lot in him. And from where he's come from then to where he is today is, is outstanding. Like he's been a top scorer in the league this year. He's really worked hard at his game. And it just goes to show like... um. Like you have to see these players week in, week out before you can kind of make sort of proper judgment on them. But um, he he's 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 a definite threat. Aidan O'Shea is playing great football up there in front. Um, like he's different. He's playing a different style of football there. Like I mean, he's you know he, he's demanding the Cold. ball in there. He's trying to create. Yeah, you know, pardon. Call the game. Aiden, Aiden. Yeah, your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Call Call the game. Who who's gonna win? I look. I do think Mayo wins. You know, um, as I said, I, I hope. I hope Loud can kind of keep um, a good um, sort of. How would you put it? Like get a, get a good performance. Out of it, get a twist. Out of it, get something to go home the road and say, look, there's progress for us. You know, but yeah. I do think Mayo win. You know, but yeah. I do think if Mayo disrespect them in terms of saying, look, we'll beat them handy. That's when they could be. Um, part, you know, they could be caught for a little while. Yeah, just just on Dublin there. I just my own take on it yesterday watching it. Um. Yeah, I've no doubt they're going to. Uh, they're going to learn a lot from it, and they're gonna. It. You know, they'll be looking at it and saying, you know, trying to turn things around from the performance. But one thing they worried about them was in the first half, especially when Ross Common were really running at them. The likes of Bugner and Brian Howard were really struggling to mm. to catch them. They were actually been left in their wake at the Ross Common end, and I, I was going, "Wow, like that's that's unusual, yeah. like for a Dublin team to be, you know, players to be left behind like that." Well, look, he certainly got his matchups right for that, 
right? And and you would kind of you would imagine that them boys wouldn't be caught for pace. But Bugler came well into it in the second half, and he drove at him in the second yeah. half. Like that was only Brian Howard's kind of second match back as well. And so maybe he's just kind of in a, in in the middle of a heavy training load because he's normally kind of um, he wouldn't be caught for pace like that way. But I, I do think like they, they that's probably a little bit of kicking the arse they got that might give them a little bit of a wake up call. And you know I I just still think that they're they're out in front for me. Yeah. Okay. You have a new book out, Cullum. I see it's been retweeted vigorously with a competition run on the RF Twitter page. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Oh yeah, cheers. It's the it's the third one that I've done. And uh, look again, I I would shoot it for Leinster Council. I've I've always done this for years. I I'm I'm not a full time coach. I am like I'm a civil servant, and by day, and I just I, I have a hobby in coaching. Um, but. Doing the tutoring courses, right? You'd you'd come off your level ones or your ward twos, your technical proficiencies and stuff like that. And people be always say to you, "Can you any drills? Have you any games? Have you any this?" Right. So the ideas came from that. Like I'd be logging all my training sessions anyway. So it was just an idea of putting them together. But it's like everything else. Like when you look back in the last few years and you say, "Jesus, this first one or two compared to this one," you you progress, right? And it's basically the information I'm trying to do now is is tied in with the sort of the coaching courses. Like we have um, team plays and tactical plays and technical proficiencies, physical fitness. So I try to give kind of ten activities to suit uh, all to to go inside with the coaching modules that are out there for um you know the the the, the GA coaching courses. And and so far, look, it's it's as I said, it's a hobby. It's it's just gone so well, like kind of overwhelmed a little bit by the um, response and you know we, we learned from the last two books in terms of the size the graphics everything like that and and trying to give people what they want trying to make it in a format that's very very easy that can be applied to any um age groups boys or girls men or women and um the feedback so far has been very very good so as i said that's where we came from just a bit of a hobby it's the same with the um like like People want this information. That's the thing that um, surprises me. Right? Like the, even down to, to, to my YouTube channel there, there's nearly a million views on that in terms of just coaching um, exercises from individuals to boys to girls to adults. It just shows you people want that information. And as I said, it's all out there. It, it's You're not trying to make huge money out of it. You're not trying to do anything like that. It's just a hobby. It's just a passion of sharing. The and YouTube said, channel is excellent, Colum. I must say, I, I've often, yeah. often checked it up there. It's a great little resource. It's just a resource, but I mean, there's a lovely saying out there, like, to keep what you have, you've got to give it away. And I feel, right, sometimes when I share ideas, the amount of people that come back to me with new ideas, I've learned so much from people reaching out to me and saying, would you do this, or would you try it out, or I was looking at this, and maybe you could add that. And and that's how we learn, and and I love getting new ideas. I love going into matches early now, robbing what the teams are doing in warm-ups <laughs> and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, it's great. Best of luck with it, and... Uh... If you want a chance of winning that book, Gaelic football or Gaelic football training tens, it's called by Colum Nally. If you want uh, a chance of winning that, just retweet the tweet. The winner is announced Wednesday. Uh, Colum, that was the very, very, very fast forty minutes. I didn't think. Um, I just had a look at the clock there. It's ran well over time again, but I just want to thank you very much for coming on. A very good chat, good insight, and loud. I think it's. Yeah, the Mayo fans and Mayo Desper are going to appreciate that the, the background and all the, the bits that, that you gave on it. So uh, thanks very much for coming on. No problem. Thanks for having me, lads. Are you yeah. coming west, Cullum? Um yes, I'm I'm planning to. <laughs> Long weekend. No, we have to go back. I um, I'll be training the, um Sunday morning, so we'll have to get back. Ah, all right. We might see you at the game, Colm, if we do. Or uh, McBurn's we, we, we... pub in Castlebar, Colm. That's where <laughs> you'll normally find us. Will a good, will a good, will a good crowd come, Colm? 
Yeah, there's, I've seen um, a few um, clubs are organising buses and stuff like that. And there's a crew going down. Um, I, I know there's a crew going from my own club and that going down for the weekend and that. So, yeah, you, you, they're good travellers. They love a good day up here in Loud. Good. They'll get it in May on the weekend and the weather's supposed to be lovely. But if, if we see it, we see it, Colm. Thanks very much for coming on. Thanks, man. Thanks, Colm. Thank you, Colm. That was a Colm Nally there um, to give us a bit of background on uh, Loud and what to expect the weekend. And we can breathe a bit now as the Enda has jumped ship. Oh, no, you're still there, Enda. John, that's, that, that, that's gone. But uh, Enda, quick thoughts on the game, Loud. We've talked about it now enough. Yeah, I think uh, it's a big job for Mickey Hart to lift that dressing room. Like, they've lost their home game. That's the game they'd have been targeting. The one that did get into the top three, and they're now left with Mayo and Kerry. Realistically, I think they're they're probably beaten in in their heads now that it's gone for them. They had their big chance against Cork. Going to be very hard to lift it. I know Cullum said that Mickey has been good at lifting them after defeats before, but it's just uh, it seems to be the way that every team targets their home game and this. Uh, series and they've lost it so um, I'd expect Mayo to win comfortably enough on Sunday they, they might they might try out a few different things that uh, they want to try later in the year but they'll win six or seven points Ref. Brilliant Brilliant yeah. Come action the week John how are you we can really get a in a, a... A quick run off you. Yeah, no, good. Yeah, good. Yeah. Um, no, just on that, I just want to finish up on loud. Um, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if they do come with. They're a bit different to a team, I suppose, that's been hammered and that's getting hit by Cork. That they're experiencing new, they're at the top, you know, they're, they're experiencing top table football. So yeah. that in itself will probably bring them, um, bring them here wanting to give it a right good goal. But there has to be a vulnerability there now as well that may all have to. Get into it as as early as they can, and if they do, you know, in a way, if they do set up really defensive, you know, it'll be interesting to see how we, how we cope. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that that's the big interest for me, Ref. They will set up defensive. I hope they do. See, have have we learned how to deal with a team that sets up defensive? <laughs> that's that, that, that's the intrigue of this match. I've no doubt we're going to win, but how we cope with a team that puts. Uh, 12 and 13 bodies behind the ball and tries to hit us in the break because uh, traditionally we have struggled with that type of game plan and we've struggled a lot in Castlebar with it like Mickey Hart won multiple times with Tyrone in Castlebar in the league I know it's Tyrone and they're a higher standard but it'll be the same system it will Miners Connacht champions two years in a row positive lovely evening tune um my favorite ground, I think. I, I think I decided the last night it's my favorite ground. Uh, good win. It's good for Mayo to win two in the bounce. Enda smiling. Yeah. Uh, um, I didn't no, expect him no. to win. I didn't expect him to win going up, ref. Uh, played well. We did talk about the full forward line being dangerous and the wear dangerous. Um, Galway, I suppose we got the penalty at the right time. That's all I'd say. Uh, the referee, I thought, threw out, gave handy freeze on both sides, and we got the handy free, which led to the penalty, and that changed the game. Uh, you knew when that went in, it was game over. And we pulled away well. A um, lot of good performances. Dara Byrne, Owen McGrail. Tiernan Egan. Tiernan Egan in the middle of the field played well. Um 
the the whole full back line. I like that they're always running. They're always you. You'd rather them back defending ref, but the, the, <laughs> I, I, they're call always, me old fashioned. Call yeah, me old fashioned. They're always attacking. They're always running. They play the real Mayo style, don't they? They're, all yeah. the defenders are plowing forward, maybe too much so at times, and they they'll have to pull their horns in watching Derry and uh, Monaghan last night. Monaghan have a monster in the middle of the field. I don't know what height he is, but he's a big <laughs> lad that he can fetch ball. Um, and uh, the hard bet, Monaghan, they've they've brought the two teams to extra time. Yeah, so it, it it'll be no easy game, but uh, um. You have to hand it to them. Don't up to chew them and do it the hard way. The last day in the hay shed for me, ref. I seen you, you without sun in yourself. Uh, I I was in the hay shed. Uh, for nostalgia's sake. Is, are they getting rid of it? Are they? Yeah, they're doing a big job. I seen Joe, Joe too. Lord of mercy in them getting them three hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, I know. Towards I doing kept, up the statement. I thought they kept keeping it away. Are they going knocking the hay shed? I thought. I don't know. They're they're doing re-roofing it or something. I think. Ref. Oh, if they re-roof it, I'm all game for that. I think they need to keep that structure there. That's a historical significance. Arrett, I like it. It's an old school ground. There's no parking around it. To get into it, it's just it's different. It's not like the the normal big lumps of stands you see now when. They're all. There's no real character. That place is character, in spades. Spades. Yeah, I, I had a bad experience up there during uh, last. Was it last? Into last year? Was it? But I know. It's, uh, I forget about that. Yeah, Riff was present. Your. Oh, he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Did I say uh, something but, on the podcast, John, about that? Did I? But I like. I like going to tune to watch a game. I think over the far side is a great place to watch. It was a lovely evening, of fairness. And a few other guys you haven't mentioned there. I thought Conor Meaney did well in goalie. He made a great save actually near the end. Um, mm. at a vital stage, a ball. I think one of the defenders gave away the ball, uh, but he made a great save. I I really really impressed uh, with your man in the own McGrail. I thought I thought he's outstanding, absolutely outstanding. He's 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 um he's a great player coming through for for Gary Moore. He's, he's a template Mayo footballer, isn't he? He's that mm. build of a fella and his athleticism. Yeah. And... He's very like Keith Higgins in his style. I think if yeah. he's half as good as Keith Higgins, he'll be a good one. Yeah, well, he's well bred, you know. John and Rosario were good, were, were good footballers themselves, and um, I thought Young Coggle did well. I thought he's lively. Jamie Clark, I thought was good, and um, also the team with Tom Lydon. Tom Lydon kept going. Things weren't going from at times, but you just have to love his mindset. Is that he still just stood up and planted the penalty, like you know, and uh, good also, penalty. Yeah, and also it was a huge moment, like you know, and and so many youngsters ran to behind the goal and the whole thing, but. Didn't seem to bother him. Um, I thought as well. Rio ended up in a, in in a kind of a scenario that suits him. Is that like his player was gone for a lot of the second half, and he was kind of mind and house playing a kind of a, a bit of a sweeper role as such. I I think that's really really suits him that kind of scenario. Yeah. And ref, you called it last week. You you said Gavin Forey should start centre forward. He really turned the match when he came on. Yeah, he pent energy in fairness to him. He got a good set up the pen or he got pulled down for the penalty. It was a soft penalty, but it's been they got it anyway, and it was a crucial time. And I think he yeah. got a point as well. He is, he's lively. I like him. I like him. Go, I go I gave the ball away cheaply for that. In fairness, Dara Burden, he, he did well to get a, a left hand in and uh, come away with the ball. Um they tackled well in the last in the la- in the third quarter, I thought. I thought they really um put it to Galway and they, they it, it paid off then that for the last twenty minutes anyway. I thought they were. They looked fitter. They looked. They looked like they were on top of them. And they, yeah, and they, the guys off the bench, but bench uh, did well. Yeah, well. Tom Duffy definitely did. Well. And, and you know, in fairness, Josh Carey probably didn't have a going day 
but he, he he's better than that as well. Like you know, you'll, yeah. you'll see more but from him. It, it's and Gilfoyle Gilfoyle popped up with some with some with some lovely plays. So I, I think one thing about them we've noticed is if one fella has a bad day or a bad half, the other fella someone else chips in, which is a good sign for a team. You know, they have six or seven really good forwards, and it's we're always giving out about male football, and we, we never had forwards. Well, there seems to be a good crop coming, and last year had a few dingers as well. So things aren't looking too bad for um the future. Yeah, no, no, I'm fair. There's a 24 panel there, and like a, a guy I worked with closely in Ban Robe last year in the school, Connor Jennings, wasn't on the 24. I was very surprised at that. So, yeah, obviously, talent there all over the place. He is, and he's a, another talented footballer too. Like, yeah, a serious, so. yeah, yeah. So, it's good. I think the under 16s had a big win on down in Kerry, or they played North Kerry in some competition. So, I think things are moving nicely in, uh, at the moment. So, hopefully, and this a, continues. A, under ref, 20s. a shout out too for uh, uh, Team that reached an All Ireland final this weekend. We, uh, I'm afraid I, I I got led with the wrong manager last year. Holly, about if we had had Sinead, we might have more success. <laughs> There's <laughs> Ender's weekly dig at John. <laughs> but fair play to Sinead. Uh, John, were you uh, uh, in the background or? Oh, I was in the watching her, do, you? Oh, no. <laughs> do you think she's going to listen to me? Like, she'd ask me plenty, all right, but she shouldn't take any of it on. But uh, uh, I actually met Sinead yesterday in the chipper, and uh, she was telling me it's a long time since Mayo won in All Ireland at that level. So hopefully, I think the the tenth of June did she say ref the final against Cork? Yeah, Saturday tenth of June. Yeah, yeah. it's um yeah twenty nine years since that Mayo won. And under fourteen title, and actually, uh, Marta yeah. Malley won the selector. She was actually on that team. You don't say them things. You don't say. That, you don't mention a woman's age. <laughs> Jesus, John. Poor old Marta. I, I thought you were going to she... say worse. I thought you were going to say Sinead was on it. No, actually, it's amazing if you go back through the annals and look at the amount of underage success Mayo have had at at the A level. It's very little, very yeah. little. It is. It's a. It's a minefield at that level too, as well to get teams going. It comes around so quick as well. The championship is, you know, May. Like it's. It's. It's very early in the year for these things to be. Yeah, and this and this team in Ferriston, uh, of what I've seen them now between the quarter final against Galway and again against Kildare, they were playing two teams that were, oh, just Kildare were a big, physical, strong team, and they were just hanging in. And it was the same with Galway the week before, just hanging on in the end. But they broke Kildare down. They broke their hearts in the end. Kildare had a six-point lead. And they just hung in there, got a goal for half time, and just kept at them and at them and eventually just took over and got on top, you know. So it's a good sign, you know. Good. It's looking good. I, the I don't know how to celebrate as well, Ref. They do. The video went viral of the Free From Desire. I've seen it on many platforms. Uh Bit too joyous, maybe for a semi-final if we were to ah, be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't that, be at hey, that. I'll be honest, yeah. I said to her Saturday night, I said, let you not end up knowing like most of my old teams. Yeah. <laughs> As Colin Nally was saying, kill the hype, kill the hype. Yeah, and that's the thing. Very hard. They're ah, 20 year olds. There's going to be a little bit of excitement leading up to this. And look, it'll be the same for Cork. Yeah. And a lot to come down to which team um, deals with the best. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I, see, I see, I see uh, one of our regular contributors to the. <laughs> WhatsApp group is very happy with the referee, and he he wouldn't be a man that he'd give out about referees either. Ref. Or, or criticize better, referees. No, we better move on to the club football, the weekend. Um, 
Division one lads, uh, Parky Logs Kremlin, fifteen points, Clamoris three eleven. So that was uh, bottom of the table clash heading into the weekend. So it'll probably be enough to keep Clamora safe and Park and Kilchima look doomed in Division One, unless Park find a win, which would be unexpected. Maybe, maybe against, uh, Charlestown or Ahmore, but uh, Kilchima six points, Knockmore four sixteen. Uh, it was three points each in the second half. I suppose Kilchima can take something from that, but Knockmore probably. Took the foot off the pedal. I think Hilchamar got a manager during the week, Ref. That's the talk, Andy. You yeah. told that, but I have asked a few people and I didn't hear anything no. back. Um, the, Then the East Mayo Derby, they went to penalties. Uh, Charlestown, Sarsfields, 15 points. Ahamora won 12. So that was the result of the league match. But then they went on to play. Now, I'm going to get this wrong. Was it the Centenary or the... Cannon Henry. Cup, Cannon Henry. I think it was a centenary. I think it was centenary. Yeah. And penalty your, six five. Your old buddy ref, and my old buddy saved the penalty. Was the hero. Uh, Paddy Welsh. Paddy Welsh saved the penalty. The one six penalties to five. Oh, I didn't know that. No. I, yeah. No, he normally texts me on when he gets a clean sheet and to ask me to mention it on the podcast. So he does get a clean sheet, but I got no well, text off him. I'm surprised. Well, he left one in. You see. Oh yeah, the, yeah. In the normal, but he saved the penalty, and the final game of the weekend, which I was at, was Gary Moore two thirteen, Bellina Steve Knight's eleven points. They were joint top of the table with Knock Moore before this game, so Gary Moore move ahead of Bellina Steve Knight's, and this was the Darren Quinn show. <laughs> he terrorized Bellina. Uh, I think they tried four different markers on him, and none of them could get near him. He was very, very impressive. Ballina, down a number of players, of course, that would be uh, with Mayo. So not a true reflection of Ballina's work. But Gary Moore missing probably five of what I'd expect to be their championship team. Oh, That's some result. Who else is in that division in the now? So the table ref uh, at the moment is Gary Moore and Knockmore are joint top. And they play Friday week in Knockmore. Oh. So that should be a good game. Um, next in the table is Ballina, Ahamore, Charlestown, Clamoris Park, and Kilchama. Uh, Division One B. Then the results from the weekend: um, Castlebar Mitchell's one five, Brafey one ten. I heard Eaton Gibbons was the star turn in this match. Um, next game: Mayo Gales one eleven. Davitz, 13 points. Big Heard win was, for Mayo Gales. Yeah, huge win for Mayo Gales. A rip-roaring affair. Now, I only was speaking to Davitz people. They felt a bit unlucky not to win it. So, I don't know. Um, Mayo well, Gales four, made Four points up at halftime, wasn't they? Yeah. Um, next one, I think, uh, John, you may have been at this. Ballonrobe, 110. Kiltane, 9 points. Uh, I heard uh, Ballonrobe, very impressive. Kiltane, uh, usual, not that uh, impressive away from home. Uh, Holly Mantle have no trouble down in Kiltane in the first round of the championship, John. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking to, but um, <laughs> they, they, they must have been at the game. Um, I was at it, yes. I was actually doing umpire for John Glavy. So I was. Am I allowed to mention that? Am I? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. I had one goal. Did you have a few pints afterwards? With it? Uh, <laughs> I, 
and Kevin Canelli is at the other goal, yeah. So um, and there was no trouble, no trouble whatsoever. Game went off without any trouble. Um, but Van Robe, it's amazing they did most of the play. After 19 minutes, though, they did all the possession, all the play. Four points, no score up, but they they left a good few out there. And next thing at half time, there was only a point in it. And with five minutes to go, Filtame were a point ahead. And uh, Van Roo got back level. And then a big high ball into the square. And Kevin Quinn Rose caught a turned uh, sixpence and bag in the back of the net. And he got a massive score after that uh, from out in the wing as well to finish it off. So Van Roo, I have to say, um, Kevin Quinn, he, he's, he's back playing great football now again. Ke- Kevin, like, you know, years ago, looked like he, he was going to, could nearly have been a county player. And then he just kind of kind of went off the boil a little bit there for a couple of years, but he he's the bit between his teeth this year now, and he looks a different man. He looks fairly driven, you know. In the past, he's just disappointed on the odd big day, you know. But he he's he's leading the ship now at the moment, so he's from up front. Darren McDonald is back, and he's a few games under his belt, so he's still a little bit rusty. And uh, he was joking about it, and he couldn't hit a barren door at the moment, but and and from play he was struggling a little bit, but uh, he kicked I think he kicked two at least two if not three fifties off the ground. Jesus. And um is then of course the two Burke, Burke brothers are up there as well, Joe and, and Liam. And like when Liam turns it on, he looks as good as any any player, you know, in the county. And um Aaron Aaron McDonald on the middle, James Murphy back as well. And um it it was a good tussle now. And Kiltain Kiltain seemed very happy actually. I was just chatting to Packy Sweeney briefly afterwards, and uh he's just happy where they're at. He's happy that they're they're improving every day of the growth. And the big thing about them was there was great fight. There was the real old Kiltane fight to them. Do you know? Not not with dirty or anything. It's just they fought hard for every single ball in a game that they never looked like, you know, up to the final 10 minutes they were going to win. And actually, um, I never mentioned uh, Luke Jennings saved a penalty as well with hmm. about, I'd say, 15 minutes to go. Got down low was left and great save and another reflex save shortly afterwards as well so that that was um that was a great great save as well that was actually first half sorry that was in the first half but um yeah you know i'll be straight honest you you know people talk about kiltane and saying oh kiltane you know they're heading for junior well they're they're nowhere near junior i can guarantee that and um like yeah, uh, uh, you know, Holly Holly are going down there the first round of the championship, and I guarantee you something. If you take them out of the lot the last evening and you land them back down in Kiltane in Bangareras, and you add in Adam Carabine and you add in Mikey Sweeney, and probably one or two more they're missing. Um, young young Dorden up front, he's the live wire corner forward. Uh, Mikey Dorden, um, but he, he was just lacking a bit of help at times. The Walton Corrigan up there as well, and uh, you know John Riley around the middle. I tell you. They're um they're not going away yet. No, no, they are not. Far from it. Oh, definitely not. And the last game then in that division, uh, Westport, uh, first time of the year it has been put up to them. Ballantubber eleven points, Westport twelve. Uh, Ballantubber after a poor result down in Kiltane, uh, they came back very strong near the end here against Westport and nearly caught them. I don't know, ref, have you any insight into it? Were you talking to anyone down that side? Sorry, and uh, I was the phone was ringing there. I was trying to say that again. Have uh, have you have you any insight into Ballantubber and Westport? No, 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 no. I wasn't talking to anyone. I met Martin Cost, but he was not the game. He was just telling me that it was a lot closer than um 
it was it was a very close game and that Ballantrumber had chances and that uh, you know that that Westport Westport struggled at times I think. Okay. Uh, Division two A then Kilmina fourteen cross line the one six. This uh, result of the weekend, one of the results of the weekend. One of the results I'd say Island eighty probably the result of the weekend for me. But yeah. uh, sorry, just on uh, Division one B ref, I didn't give the table. Uh, who's going well in that and who's not going so well? So, uh, Westport are top, joint top with Castlebar. Then we have Ballinrobe, Ballintubber, Mayo Gales. Briefly, Kiltane and Davids. So a reminder to people that the bottom two in each division go into relegation and the top four go into quarterfinals. And Kiltane and Davids haven't played each other, but no. Kiltane have two points on Davids. Yeah. yeah. And uh, two two go down. That is, yeah. Two yeah, go down. It's so cross, it's cross sections. Four. Yeah. So so bottom, second bottom place bottom like will probably be Kilchima. Yeah. At this stage, it looks that way. Um, yeah. back to Kilmina, great win, fourteen points to one six. Now, cross the line, it'd obviously be without the two county lads who would make a considerable difference. Uh, to, another result that caught my eye was Bal three twenty two, Balahadrine thirteen points. I was speaking to a man who was at this match, and he told me it was the Ushin Cronin show, <laughs> Ushin that was on the on the twenty panel. Uh, stuck a couple of goals. He said Ryan Fadden was brilliant. Uh, the, the, the lads that were in with on the 20 panel all shone for Ball the weekend. Well, I was, ta- I was talking to a Ball man the weekend and he said, Whatever you do, don't mention Ushin Cronin. He said, Whatever you do, he can be a good rundown, but he said, Don't mention him. We're kind of keeping him under wraps. Uh, Apologies to that uh, anonymous Uh, uh, Bell contributor. But Bell had been, must have been down numbers, that's what they. Well, they were missing Key and Handley. He played a half. Come on, yeah, Yeah. come on. Uh, David Drake was at centre back. Shiroz and Cuba were both playing. Um, They're missing their goalkeeper. Uh, I believe they're, they're, yeah, they're the different man in goals um, but huge win for Bal Bal have a lot of young talent at their disposal Fadden and Goulden in the middle of the field Cronin the red don't Welsh, be mentioning his name so well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's not going so well but uh, th- that was another one of the results of the weekend and, and the next game Bunny Conlon have got it together lads Bunny Conlon won 11 can man won 5 uh, Bunny are going well so far this year. Again, early days, league games, health warning. Have they more than have they won more than one game? Now, I oh, have. I think. Check the table there. I'll check the table. Uh, they have not ref. Yeah, they are <laughs> thinking. <there's a> <laughs> so the Kilmain lads are up all feckin' morning watching us in Mullen. Ah, uh, should I was at half seven? Jesus Christ, what time? Unless they didn't go to bed. Uh, That's uh, uh, and John, John, you normally have no, 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 don't go there. Don't go there. John, don't, don't even think about it. <laughs> Easy now, boys. Easy now. I'm, boys. I'm only allowed back in to come in. <laughs> But but uh, I mean but in saying that Jazz going away I think and Adam uh, Barris they're going to be a huge loss to and you can see it already one five like yeah I didn't know the boat going yeah and uh, another result in that group Ballyhonest thirteen the Neil ten good win for Ballyhonest yeah the Neil struggling haven't won a game yet in the league um of course again no Tommy Conroy but. Uh, you'd expect the Neil probably be going a little bit better than at this time. I don't know. Have the other injuries? Well, we didn't see them. They'd know Stephen Conroy. They'd know Porrick Welsh. 
Aiden O'Sullivan had an operation. I don't know. Is he going to make it back? I'm not sure. So there are four big players that they, that they had. Yeah. Um. The 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 next division then. Uh, Kilcommon won fourteen. Kilala six points. Kilcommon are going well, ref. You won't tell me I'm wrong about that. Kil- the, can, the, can anyone stop Kilcommon? That's the that's that, my. That's, yeah. Um. <laughs> It's unbelievable. They've three trophies won. Unbelievable, Jeff. Yeah. Three trophies won, and they're heading up to Donegal this weekend for the fourth. Uh, they have a special compartment at the back of the bus for the trophy, I'm told. Um, That'll be next... tough because they're playing intermediate teams in Donegal, aren't they? Just for, just to give people a bit of a background on that, that intermediate teams in Donegal can play in the junior Comortus. Oh. Yeah, so that makes a big difference. That is just... Amazing. Yeah, just just get a bit of background on that. Yeah. Um next result, uh Bahola My Davids three eleven, Hollyman Carmore one eleven. Didn't hear a lot on this match. Uh, it's wrong in the official results. The goal in it anyway. Board. Yeah, okay. I'm reading it off the official mayor results, so uh maybe the referee put in the wrong score, I don't know, but Declan of Oil was referring. So it's three eleven to two eleven, John. Yeah. Um and the last one, uh I think we discussed this earlier, ref, and uh, we're giving the RF manager of the week to Mr. Shane Hopkins for oh. Island Eighties uh, one fifteen to thirteen points win at at home to Bell Mullet. Three out of three for Island Eighty. Um going really well. He's a, on he'll, course he'll, for Division One football next year. <laughs> I'd be delighted with that now. He loves I, the old shout out, Shane. Oh yeah, he loves, yeah, loves when we talk about him. I, I, I'll, I'll ring him during the week now, try and get the prize for him. I'm sure he'll meet me to to get a photo for the manager of the week award. Or he might ring my neck when he meets me. Yeah, uh, d- Division like Three Three A Eastern Gales Two Eight Arda Two Twelve. Good win for uh, Arda, Arda came back. I think were the, were they five were or lose. six down at halftime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now Eaton Owens is injured at the moment for Eastern Gales. I heard today it would be a huge loss. And uh, Michal McGarry's just coming back from injury. Uh, the next game, Bellina Stephen Knights 1-10. Bally Cry 4-20. Huge win for Bally Cry. And Brafey 11. Lockmore 12. That's uh, a massive win for Bally Cry, isn't it? 4-20. Yeah. Jeez, I know probably Bellina had a probably a weaker team with the county lads and all the senior lads missing or whatever, but... Uh, they're unbeaten still in the league. There's two wins and a draw, I think. Draw, three yeah. rounds uh, have played. Yeah. Have uh, Eastern Gales won a game in there? No. Ooh. Uh, that table, Ardnery top with Knockmore B and followed by Ballycry, Castlebar, Arda, Eastern Gales, Brafey and Ballina, Stevenites. There's three teams there with no points. And some of the score differences aren't that pretty either, ref. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're gonna get that with the beach. You don't be too worried about relegation either. And Division Three B, um, Ackill twelve, Swinford two eight. Very good win for Swinford away from home because Ackill are going very well this year. But still a good Fair result for Ackill, I think, to to be within two points. Them that's a major yeah. step because that not not last year it was a big difference. I know they were very close to them, but Ackill were. Yeah, Ackill seem to be going well this year, yeah. as do Swinford. Uh, Westport St. Patrick, seven points. Shrewd Glencorb, one eleven, And Laherdon McHale's, two sixteen, Charlestown, one seven. And just uh, something to note there in... No, it's not in that division. Ackill top, 
still, even though they lost the weekend. But there's four teams joined top in that division. Akil, Swinford, Shrewl and Laherdon. Um, yes. uh, the, the Division 4, we won't dwell on it, Ref, but just one thing in Division 4, um, Kilmavi have yet to get field in a team in 2023 and won't field one until the 11th of June. They're in a division with B teams that aren't fielded and the county board need to do something about this next year. They need to have matches for clubs' first teams, Ref. You're in the month of June without playing a match. Yeah, but yeah. do you want them to... Put them up to Division 3. Well, they they were there and they got relegated. I understand that, but let let the bottom... I don't know... No, uh, no, you're relegated. Don't get relegated. So so, so don't have any football? That's not... That's Kilmovee's fault. They got relegated last year. And why do you pay affiliation fees? To play football. Yeah, and and they've been provided with none. But what do you want them to do? Like, what do you want them to do? Invent players. And put more or... teams into Division Three. Get, get a busload. Get a busload. Put uh, more teams into to... Division Three. It's not that difficult. It doesn't take. <sighs> there's only a couple of clubs. It's only two clubs that aren't in Division Three. The first teams, right? Put them into Division Three and give them football. It's league football. It's not championship. It's ridiculous that you have no football in the month of June. Yeah, it but I really don't is. like. I I love the way you keep pointing this. It's their fault, like. Is it sure, clubs don't is it their fault? Like, is it their fault that these teams aren't freelance players? Well, well, it's easy to see that it's gone on for the last three or four years. The teams aren't fielding in the lower divisions. The uh, Ballycastle are in this situation a couple of years ago, and I spoke to a member of the CCC at the time about it. Like, you have to promote football for these junior clubs or disband them altogether. If you have John, no football, if you have no football in the month of June. In this day and age, why do you pay affiliation fees? Yeah, look, look, oh, I can see both sides of it. Um, look, at, I, I'm helping out with the Hollymount second team at the moment, and uh, to be honest, with you, it, it's a, it can be a struggle every week to kind of get a team out. I say, but I have a different team every week that goes out, you know. But it's a matter of getting lads out for us, uh, and we have what you'd call a proper old style junior team where we have a few young lads and we have a lot of old lads, and uh, you know, look at it, it's 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 a bit of fun, you know, but. Look, I get your point about Kinmo V. Look at as you said, maybe they could have more teams in Division Three or something. I don't know. Is there many first team teams down three. in Division Four? Three, yeah. three. Kinmo V are top of the table and haven't played a match. <laughs> it, but that, that, it is a joke. It, it is. Really it is. is. It, is. it, it is. really is a joke. But it's so. It has it's, to it, be looked at. People, people put in people put in teams when they can't feel them. Yeah, but you, you see, uh, and you have to have some sympathy. Now, if you're a team like Westport that have, I don't know how many with the county team, and you're trying to put out three teams, and you can't, you haven't got them players for your first team, you're pulling from everywhere. Mm. So uh, maybe they shouldn't put in a third do, team. I don't know. Do two teams get relegated from Division 3? Yeah. yeah. Maybe knock it back to one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they have to. They have to have all first teams uh, the the lowest can go is Division Three and provide football. It's league. Yeah, it is league. You know, you're training every week and you're not playing games. Oh, I say, I'd say it's completely and utterly you know, yeah. I'd say the forty training sessions done that because most clubs that have forty training sessions, yeah. done at this stage of the year, whatever. And then expected to try and compete in the junior championship. Championship without football. Without football, yeah, it is tough. It is tough. Yeah. 
And it's not because of his kid Mavi, if it was Bally Castle or Bally Cry or whoever was down in that division. The least to deserve is to have a match. If you want to keep football going in these clubs, it's a struggle for all these clubs with numbers now. Uh, you just have to provide football for them. Whatever mechanism has to be pulled. Nothing can be done about it this year, but for next year. Yeah, now, they could they could put yeah. next to two teams in three yeah. A or one one team three teams or two two three A and three B and then one up one down. Yeah, and have yeah. your first teams in that so they are getting games. But yeah, um, it's, it's hard. Really not, it's hard. Really not solve it. and it's not. And come here, this is not about having a cut at the county board. This is about providing football for clubs. Yeah, it shouldn't have to go till June for you play your first game. No, you should not. Um, there, there was uh junior championship games as well. The ref this weekend, ref. Uh, we'll talk about them. The clo- closer it gets to quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. Yeah, I was at a game this evening. I was umpiring for a division five, or I think it was division five, under fourteen count league final between Lewisburg and Shrugan Carrop, and it was. The most exciting game of football I've seen all year. Seven ten to seven eleven. The game finished. Oh, <laughs> just, just under what? Under fifteen? Under fourteen? Fourteen? Yeah. Were you doing umpire? Did you say? I was. Yeah. I, I need was... debatable calls for a pie trip. There, no, no, I don't think so. I think it's I think it was safe enough. No, they all. They're all. I don't think there's any. Um, don't think there was any controversial decisions. But it was a great game of football. It was just end to end. Fourteen goals scored. Um, there was a young ball lad playing for Lewisburg and he was I think he got six of the goals small Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Ballson is he? I'd say America. some relation yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was, it was just a great game of football it was just loads of loads of mistakes loads of drama thought it was all about the crowd were absolutely gone wild it was brilliant but it was actually, a silent um, side of the line actually a story I was thinking can you, can you remember the last time Mayo played loud in, in a league game or anything we talked about it before you come on and said John Okay. 1950. No, that's championship. I, I looked this up on the Mayo GA blog and I put in league and championship. I don't think they've played in the league. Well, I was it again to a man that was at a Mayo Loud league game and he was trained to be a guard in Templemore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ron O'Grady. Oh, yeah. And he made the, the, the trip up to watch the match. And um, he's behind the goal, and in the second half, as the loud keeper seemed to be acting the ball bag a bit, and uh, eventually, I was running, shouted out him, called him a name or whatever, and uh, all of a sudden, he got a tap, tap on the shoulder. Where this, he was a big goal, you know. He said, "But next thing, these guys turned around and said, what are you saying about our brother?'" <gasps> and Jesus. two big giants. Now he says, "Right, two big guys." Now he says, "Right." Next thing he said, this guy just turns around and he says. And he's bigger again. And you know this man, John George. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Turns around and he says to boys, why is he now let's I be going? And I think maybe a couple of them at minimums might have beside him as well. So, <laughs> so John, George, John George saved Ron O'Grady's life. That's that's how they became such great friends. Oh, I always wondered why they were such good buddies. Yeah, that's where it started from. He, they, he didn't even know him up to that day. Oh. And they're and they're lifelong friends since that. And actually, shout out to John George. He's actually he's in hospital at the moment, but I don't think he's too bad. But uh, I'm sure he, I'm sure he'll have nothing for doing. But he, he might listen to this at some stage during the week. Well, if we mentioned 97, 98, ref to play in the league. Yeah, and 94. Yeah, hmm. I'm just yeah. looking it up here. I know I must have just looked up championship. Yeah, 
Yeah, actually, it was around that time, he said, because actually, I remember him saying Noel Connelly was a uh, captain. So, yeah. um, it yeah, must have been yeah. the 97 98. James Horan got a point, Kieran McDonald got a point, two of the last management team, and Liam McHale from this year's management team got a goal. And Morris Shorten from next year's on the 20 management team got three points. Great, MC. Another manager. Yeah. Kieran Byrne, another manager. It was a Division 2 game. Kenneth uh, Mortimer, another manager. Is a Division 2 game in there? Uh, section A. Section A. So I wouldn't think so. I'd say it was still Section A. Uh, Noel Kennelly didn't play in the previous game in 96. Did he 96. play before that? Uh, in 96, we all were in Division 3. In 96, they were in Division 2. Two. This Ooh. is 96, 97, John. So this game was played in November. Yeah, but what? in 95, 96, Mayor in Division 3. Yeah. Yeah, when Mahan took them over. Yeah, yeah. they ended up in a league semi final against Derry. Hmm. And they got good beating in it. Like that, look at this. They play league games the 30th of October. Yeah, I often went to them, rough. Winter League, yeah. Yeah. It's there for a couple of weeks after yeah. that. Yeah, the ground used to be awful wet. Should be slow stuff. Say, that's yeah, the no. time you used to have a league footballer the, the lad would be strong and physical and he played the league <laughs> in the championship and come you wouldn't see him yeah yeah I used to start a few weeks after the Ireland was over Jesus there'd be uproar now if that happened yeah. the last time they played ref I said it to you earlier the opening of the fi- uh, facilities in Gary Moore back in the day they'd done the job in the clubhouse and Loud came to open the field well, Loud and Mayo played in Gary Moore to open yeah. the pitch of Gary Moore. Yeah, it was. It was. It wasn't. It was the facilities that done up the clubhouse and oh, the official okay. opening. Uh, and Loud played. I remember Paddy Keenan walked in past me. He'd have been the star turn on the Loud team at the time. <laughs> the star turn. Any other business, lads? Anything else happened the weekend? The miners. Miners is the big talk. Um. Yeah, that's about it. The, we were meant to ask Cullum he had strong opinions on the uh, competitive development and underage football ref yeah I don't think would, did you agree with his sentiments or what I didn't say I, I didn't say I agreed <laughs> or disagreed <laughs> <laughs> what do you think uh, you're, you're becoming a politician ref the I am thinking right. about running for local, the local council next year I think the elections are next year for it uh, any party ref or do you create your own RF oh, party? Oh, I'll be independent, I think. I don't think I need the party lines. So look at everyone has their own opinion on it. And, that is, and look at it. It's, you have to have a mix of everything, don't you? You know, But but I, I agree. Like The ball is is huge. The ball is bloody huge. Like Even for youngsters, I'd be saying, if they're outside around the house, you know, we can only do so much at underage. Um, we say under 12s, 14s. Uh, you know, once or twice a week. It's yeah. what they do Outsiders. at home as well. Going around with the ball and become one with the ball and getting used to the ball. That's but the see, they have, they have too many distractions now. That's the, the long and short for it. It's, there's yeah. laptop phones, um, smart TVs, there's internet. Like, we all yeah. grew up without the internet. It was just a I matter suppose, of... Like, I've been with underage girls teams in Hollymore like, since from I'm underage up to under 14 now. And I can see, I can see the girls that are improving. The girls that are the ones that are doing a bit at home. Yeah. And the girls that come back in that just aren't getting it or grabbing the ball or being able to hand pass it properly. It's just that they're not just doing enough for it, you know? It's the long and the short it. Reading the hop. Reading the hop can be like very this, hard. Like, and you know, the whole debate, we didn't mention it about under 12, Um, going back to, you know, just, what is it, go games or whatever. I mean, I, I just, 
I don't have, I can't have that at all. I really can't. You want the competitive games. Oh, you do. You, you ask yeah. any any youngster going out under 12. They want competitive. They want the crowd shouting and roaring and, you know what I mean? That's the long and the short, but like. Yeah. They do. It's a, it's it's it seems to got an awful lot of traction online. I don't see. I've I've seen all what and I I, I can see what you're saying, John. And but like, but I don't see learn. anyone. But there's yeah. no one. Anyone. There's no one saying your your side of the argument at all. Oh, there is not one online. Is there online? Who? Yeah, I heard I've the gooch not... came out and I said a bit about yeah. it. But, yeah. but does, it seems to be one. very easy to go the other way and say, oh, they need to develop, blah blah blah. But I can I, I can see exactly what you mean. It's kids kids have to learn how to lose too. Oh, hundred percent. And the sooner the sooner you, know. you get a, I think a setback when you're younger like that, it's better off for you. It builds a bit of resilience, you know. And it's important for life too that you get a couple of knocks like that. Do, do you no like the, yeah, ref to, uh, getting away from that? Do you like these uh seven and eight divisions at underage to give everyone a a, a final uh, the before, six huh? divisions, the, the six division or seven divisions in fourteen, the yeah. six and under sixteens, and there's five in minor. Is it too many? I, I don't think so because you like there's it's more competitive games. Yeah, like the, the end of season, you did now. What was that division? What five? I think. Yeah, there you go. A competitive final. I suppose. It was on There was kids. There was there was young bucks. There was Lewisburg lads thrown all over the place after and they were crying. And was, I know, but they had, it was an absolute cracking match. Yeah, they, um, but you know, as someone said the other day, I guarantee you, ten minutes after that, they're in the shop and they're all laughing with each other. Yeah, they get over it very fast. It's a great experience for them, I think. Yeah, yeah. they get over it very fast. Yeah. You know, it is. It's no harm. It's absolutely no harm. I think there is an awful lot of babying, and. We're, we're, we're sheltering younger people now and keeping away from these setbacks and then they go into the real world and bang they're hit like a motherfucker and sometimes it's very hard to, to, for people to, to compute it you've done so well but Jim and, or John and Donegal is going to be on oh no I didn't curse did I <laughs> yeah. sorry John in Donegal John and Donegal wasn't happy with me cursing for, for a while but yeah sorry John Apologies. I hope he's listening. Whoever he is. <laughs> now that's it. We're waffling a bit now. It might be time to call her off. Yeah. Is there anything else before we go? Mm. What's on this weekend? Mayo are playing loud. There's a couple of Michael Welch games. There's a league game, I think. And one league. There's nothing. There's a few bits on. We'll have them covered next week. Part. Yeah, Michael we... Welch quarterfinals are on, yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's it. He was a cup as well, I think. Tom Kelly are playing that. Right, folks. We're, 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 Mayo. Oh, Mayo. Thanks, lads. That was a long episode. <laughs> Look. Oh, Jesus. I'll just stop this.